Remember when the Nationals had the toughest second half schedule? Well, they're starting to make that thing look easy. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Swing for the fences on sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app and use promo code LOCKED ON, and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. And thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day, as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And I'm your host. Ryan Clary. You can catch me over on Twitter at Ryan Clary 11, as well as the show page at LO underscore nationals, as we have taken our passion for talking and as well as the nationals in the podcast form here with the locked on podcast network, where it's your team every single day. Later on in today's show, let's preview this Marlins national series. And it's going to be a little bit of a weird series here as the nationals have a tough second half schedule and it's going to get a little bit tougher as they head down to Lone Depot Park in tonight's action. We'll preview that a little bit later on. Also, the Rizzo rumors of him leaving, they're starting to heat up a little bit more. I'll get you up to the latest of that and what I think of them, and as well, a little bit more on Steven Strasburg. Let's start off with yesterday's win, the series win against the New York Yankees. And I've been saying it's always tough to win at Yankee Stadium, in my opinion. It's just one of those places where it's a baseball haven in a sense where there's a lot of pressure when you go up to New York and the Bronx Zoo, whatever you want to call it, and it's a tough place to play as always. It's a sold-out crowd, and also with yesterday's game, especially the last half of the game, a little bit of drizzle there, and for a little bit of cinematic reasons, added some dramatics and all that fun stuff as well. It just goes to show you why you do not give up on these scrappy Washington Nationals. And that's the easy thing to say this second half of the season. But I did a show on this a few weeks back. And we talked about this. That this was going to be a very tough second half for the Nationals. It started off going up against the Red Sox who are in postseason position. They're battling right now for it. And as well as the Philadelphia Phillies the filthies, whatever you want to call them. You start off with those two series in teams, which they are the better team. They are the more talented teams. You beat both those in the series overall. Take two of three. And then this series up in New York in the Bronx, you take that series as well. So the first three series of which this is going to be one of the tougher stretches for this Nationals team. Again, you beat the Red Sox. You take it from the Phillies and now the Yankees as well, and we start up against the Miami Marlins tonight. But let's talk about yesterday's game first and foremost because there was some clutch hitting yet again by this Nationals team, and getting it done in the clutch, you know who. C.J. Abrams yet again yesterday coming up in the clutch with a big-time home run, and in that game, top seven, two outs. You're down two to three. Let's start off with Alex Call first. With 
Jake Lou on the base path. You're down by one run in the top of the seventh inning. Alex Call, who I have kind of pinned as the scrappiest player on this national team, someone who always is a tough out. He does the hard 90s. He does all the little things that you want a ball player to do and also making that game-winning catch yesterday in the drizzling rain, which is a very hard play to make. You just may not know it. Alex Cole hits that two-run home run, and which gives the Nationals the lead 4-3. to three. And then all of a sudden, C.J. Abrams comes up with a one-run lead. And you know what C.J. did? He went yod, just like they would say up in Boston. C.J. Abrams went deep yet again in a big-time situation, and he embraced that home run, and which was a hot topic. Davey Martinez was not happy about C.J. embracing the home run, and some people were like, oh, please, Davey, stop policing the fun, which I get. I understand. I actually agree with that. You got to stop policing the fun. But also at the on the other end of the stick here, that's Davey Martinez's job. Because C.J. Abrams, there's a line to cross there, and I think C.J. may have been close to the line. And a lot of people may say, well, Ryan, what is that line? I don't dictate what the line is. If it was up to me, you embrace your home run, you could walk the entire 360 feet around the base path, and that'll be fine with me. But the players dictate that line. And I think CJ was kind of close to crossing that line. So Davey Martinez is just trying to get ahead of this moment and saying, we don't want to get our guys hit. And that is one way to get guys hit, to really put a target on your back, and for teams to play better baseball against you. That is just Davey Martinez's job to do that. So while I supported CJ Abrams pimping the you-know-what out of that home run in Yankee Stadium in a big-time situation in which you've kind of been struggling over the last week or so. But CJ came up big with his second home run in Yankee Stadium. And in that situation was just an oh-so-great moment. But also, there were multiple great moments in yesterday's ball game. In fact, Carter Kibu, in his second game back with the Nationals up in the big leagues, collects two hits and as well as a double in that time as well. Carter Keyboom, I mean, it's early on him. Like, yes, I know. I can't just erase what has happened with him over the last few years. I can't erase what I saw in 2019 and 2020 and as well as 2021. But this guy has been out of baseball for well over a year at this moment. Well over a year. And in his first game back, in his second game back rather, he gets two hits. He strikeouts one time. He adds a run as well. He has three total bases in yesterday's ball game after having four in his first game back, hitting that solo home run in his first big league at bat, his first big league swing in well over a year. Carter Keeboom is continuing to kind of be this intriguing piece. And while, again, it's the opportunity for Keeboom has most likely sailed for the long run. But if you were to get Carter Keeboom to play good baseball over the next month plus, you have multiple different avenues where you could go with him. This offseason is a huge one, as we know. Brady House at this moment, by this time next year, could be in the majors. Trey Lipscomb at this moment next year could be in the majors. There are guys in this system who could be taking that step up and getting into the major leagues here soon, especially over at third base. 
But if Carter Keboom were to hit well, and let's say he were to field well as well, then Carter Keboom, there's two different places you could go with him. You could either try to ride this out, and maybe you do have that faith back in him. Or you trade him for another prospect. Now, while that prospect wouldn't be all that talented, it's not going to be some world-beating prospect. It's not going to be DJ Hers and Kevin Mayed again from the Chicago Cubs. But if you were to just get that opportunity to trade him, then you could get something back in return because the trade that I point to all the time, John Lester for Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas was as good as done with the Cardinals. was about to get DFA'd. You never know what you'll get back until you know. So you have to kick the tires on possibilities like this, and it's certainly someone that you're going to be tracking moving forward. But also Patrick Corbin, not for a trade candidate, although his name has been brought up in rumors before. I'm sure they'll be brought up again. But Patrick Corbin had another good start with this Nationals team, and over the course of August, this has been his stretch, his best stretch of the season, in my opinion. He had a nice little stretch back in April and May of doing well, but over his last four starts, Patrick Corbin has a 2-7 ERA in 23 and a third innings pitch. Now, here's the weird thing is that he's given up six home runs in that stretch as well. So his fielding independent pitching is way the heck up there. It is way up there. I'm talking like a 6-1-7, I believe, the last time I checked over those last four starts. But he has been able to control himself relatively well. And if it weren't for those six mistakes with the home runs, which are just one pitch over the course of 400 pitches or whatever it may be, in that time as well, Patrick Corbin, batter's only going up 193 against him for batting average purposes. They're not hitting him that well. And so with Patrick Corbin, you'll take it when you can get it from him. When Patrick Corbin is on, that's when you kind of see, well, this guy still has a little bit left in the tank. Now, while it may not be perfect all the time, while it may not be sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and all that fun stuff with him, it's not like that all the time. But when you can get that stretch, you start to see the value that he could bring to the table. It's not what he will bring. It's about what he could bring. And six home runs over his last four starts are not good. I'm well aware of that. But Patrick Corbin, when you can get a good start from him, then you have to get them and you have to take them and take them for what it's worth. A 270 RA compared to a 70 RA from whatever the heck it's been over the last few years, I'll take that any day, any single day of the week. So kudos to Patrick Corbin. Kudos to all the guys. They're battling right now. The boys and all the young guys, they're playing well baseball right now. They're playing fundamentally sound baseball. Besides game two of that Yankee series, that was not fundamentally sound baseball. I can assure you that. Thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. The Nationals play the Marlins tonight at 640 Eastern time. Catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Before we move on to discussing some more Mike Rizzo rumors because Yet another national media reporter, not nationals, but a national media reporter for MLB.com and MLB Network has made yet another connection to Mike Rizzo. And that connection, it's not here in D.C. I'll tell you guys about what that is and who that's from. But before we get into that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at 
sleeper and guys when we talk about sleeper i want to tell you this because like for tonight for example do you think that carter keyboom get a home run tonight against the marlins well i sure do and you heard that right on sleeper you can swing for the fences with up to 100 time payouts and all you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs strikeouts hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Guys, dynamic payouts are live. You may ask what are dynamic payouts, but in short, each player projection now is a multiplier attached to it as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts, also comes more stat categories to place contests on, and you can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks. Use promo code locked on and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now let's get back into it. As I said, Mike Rizzo, it's starting to get a little bit hot in this rumor mill. As we said, it's going to get interesting here. I will admit for Mike Rizzo, but before we get into it, Let me just get this on the record real quick. My opinion is still that Mike Rizzo will be the president of baseball operations for this team moving forward. I still, in my opinion, just don't really have much reason to believe otherwise. And at this moment in time, it's really just the matter of fact that why would he leave to the Chicago White Sox and not stay with the Nationals? in which a team that is much further along, a team that has proven that they will spend more money than the White Sox, maybe that's not the case at this moment in time, but we have proven that over the years with the Lerner family having top 10 payrolls basically for the entirety of the 2010s. But John Morosi of MLB Network, MLB.com, whatever you want to say with it, he did come out with this yesterday, and it is intriguing. Because obviously we all know the speculation tweet that Barry's Faluga put out the other day. We talked about that, but that was pure speculation, not a report. This was more so of a report from John Morosi. And quote, Mike Rizzo is viewed within the baseball industry as a potential candidate for the White Sox top baseball operations position as his extension with the Nationals has yet to be finalized. Now, again, let me reiterate this point. I still believe that this extension will get done with the Washington Nationals. I still have faith in that this will get done. Mike, with the guy. There always has been, and there always probably will be, in fact. Just knowing what Mike Grizzo has done, the accolades, all the success that he has had with the this stuff is going to happen. This rumor mill is going to churn. And it's going to continue to churn until he signs this extension with the Nationals. Now, I do think that Rizzo will use this as a bargaining chip. There are connections here. There are real connections. His father was a scout, and Jerry Reinsdorf really coveted Mike Rizzo's father, his late father. And there are connections there. His first job in baseball was supposedly with the Chicago White Sox, starting out as an aerial scout. But still... Common sense also kicks in in this idea. Common sense takes over the idea that why would he want to do this? What would draw him 
to leave this Nationals team in which he has already gotten a successful rebuild off the ground once. And it's looking like he's going to have a second potential successful rebuild here in Washington, D.C. And doing so while trading away some of your big superstar players, it's looking like you're going to have a few more of those guys come up here soon. So why would he leave for that? That part is where I kind of get lost in these reports. Why would he want to do this White Sox trade and really this whole rebuild yet again? This team has been in a rebuild since they won the World Series, it feels like, in the early 2000s. This has not been a team that has been relevant in quite some time. This is a team that just goes back to the well of Tony La Russa in hopes that they return to their good baseball team once again. That's not, that ain't going to happen. And in fact, Jerry Reinsdorf is one of the game's worst owners in all of baseball. And also, people talk about the home aspect of this. And while Mike Rizzo would want to return home, Mike Rizzo hasn't been there in, what, over 25 years at this point? Who knows how long it's been? And plus, he's lived here in D.C. for quite some time. This has been his home. So I'm not really caught up in all of these rumors when it comes to Mike Rizzo. I'm just not. I don't really subscribe to it. And the reason why that is, is because the job is way more difficult than what he is taking on right now. And I think at this moment, I'm willing to say that the Lerner family won't get outbid for Mike Rizzo. He won't. He's always been one of the game's highest paid executives, and I think he's going to continue to be that way with the Nationals. And besides, he's getting a little older. He's not old by any stretch of the imagination. He's probably in his mid-50s, late-50s, whatever it is. But why would he want to do this whole entire fiasco rebuild yet again when he's already done that the last two years with this team? There's egos in part of this. I'm not saying he's got a big ego. We all have egos, we're being honest. But he doesn't have a big one. But he started a successful rebuild. You're already starting to see the fruits blossoming on your tree. So why not finish the job that he's already started here in Washington, D.C.? That's the part where I get caught up on, and that's the part where I also just think he's not going to be going anywhere. I just don't see it happening, and I don't think it's a smart decision to do. But also just more thoughts as Steven Strasburg retired yesterday. I wanted to get this out of the way as well, as yesterday was just kind of an emotional uh, reaction, you could say. It was a, a fun show to do. We all knew that day was going to come. It wasn't a fun show, but it was kind of just one of those things where it was a bittersweet feeling. And I think we all kind of saw that day coming. But even furthermore than the baseball side of it yesterday, I wanted to talk about the human aspect of it today. We'll touch on this real quick, move on to the Marlins series after this. But Steven Strasburg, the issues were never just baseball over the last year and a half, two years, however many years it's been. This is something that has affected him off the field as a father picking up your kids, picking up your grocery bags from the car. This is something that's probably going to affect him for a little bit of time after this as well. As throwing a baseball is more than likely probably the last thing that's been on his mind over the last few years. This is something that is just very unfortunate. And in fact, for the people who are just sitting here saying like, who cares? We all kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, you're right. We knew this was coming. We knew that this moment would come. But don't you still just feel like a little bit taken aback by it still? That you're just like, wow, this is what this is what it is. Because you remember that debut game back in 2010 
that was one of the first time that this franchise had hope. That was kind of when the moment that this franchise flipped the page and said, we are contenders, that we have our front of the line ace. And later that offseason, what do the Nationals do? They spend a ton of money on Jason Worth. You have an up-and-comer with Jordan Zimmerman. All those different possibilities came into fruition. That's when this organization was no, no longer the jokes of the National League and as well as just Major League Baseball as a whole. This wasn't just a team where players come in for one-year deals and then you trade them off the deadline. That was now a team that has promise, that also has Bryce Harper waiting down in the farm system. Steven Strasburg is going to be your ace for years to come. You have Jason Worth coming in to save the day. Ryan Zimmerman is still the face of the organization. Ian Desmond is starting to take shape over at shortstop. That's what all that meant. And Steven Strasburg was at the forefront of that hype back in the early days. So Steven Strasburg, the press conference is going to come against the Los Angeles Dodgers in about two to three weeks from today. That'll be something very interesting to say the least. But the Nationals, they play the Marlins tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with the Sirius XM app on the SXM app. That is what you look up and search Nationals as well. Obviously, the Nationals going up to Lone Depot Park tonight up in Miami for a 640 Eastern time first pitch. I'll discuss that and as well as Yoan Adon starting against these Marlins tonight. We'll talk about it after this. Now we get into it as Yoan Adon is starting against the Miami Marlins tonight, and that is Braxton Garrett of the Marlins. And so far this season, I don't know about how many people have been keeping track of this, but I'm sure you may remember. The Miami Marlins have won not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six games this year in a total of six games against the Nationals. They are 6-0 and against the Nats this year. You want me to say it again? They are 6-0 and against the Nationals this year. Now, for a guy that talks me, I'm talking about me, that talks a lot of crap about the Marlins, who I've always kind of thought they're the little brother of the National League East. They have spanked us all season long, all series long, and even dating back to last year when Steven Strasburg made his one start in 2022. They rocked him. They smoked him. And as of tonight, you have a left-handed pitcher with Braxton Garrett, a top 10 pick back in the early or mid-2010s with this Marlins team. He's starting to kind of come into his own this season as he has made 24 starts. And in that time as well, he's got a 3.94 ERA after having a 3.58 ERA in last season. Braxton Garrett is a good pitcher. Here's the good thing. The Nationals have good right-handed hitters, as we see with Lane Thomas. Everyone loves to talk about what he can do against left-handed pitching. We can also see what he can do against right-handed pitching, but that's just me. You have Lane Thomas tonight. You have potentially C.J. Abrams as well and what he has done over the last month or so. Maybe he can turn one on the ball. Obviously, we're missing Stone Garrett moving forward. That's going to be a big miss, especially going up against a lefty like Garrett. But even furthermore than that, Carter Kibu, 
I expect to see Carter Keyboom in tonight's lineup. And in fact, I'm willing to bet this guy could be doing damage just from the heater that he has been on down in AAA. The reason why he got called up so early was he was on a run. He was on a tear down in AAA. So you call him up now. He hits a home run in his first at-bat in the bigs. And then in his second game back, he gets multiple hits and as well as a double in that contest. Now you're heading down to Miami where a park where you can hit for power, it can be kind of a boom box depending on if the, the dome is open or closed. I think it's going to be closed because it's Miami and it's August 25th. It's probably humid as you know what in there. But it's going to be an interesting game. Yoan Adone, while coming off a start in which he wasn't that good again, two starts ago, even three starts ago, you saw a little bit of a different Yoan Adone. But as we saw in that pickle juice game a week ago from today against those Phillies, did not go his way. And it has not gone his way really all season long. As Yoan Adone, while he was a former top prospect in 2021, This was not someone that the Nationals were really counting on. That was also when the Nationals had the worst farm system in all of baseball. I like Adon. I think he's a fine pitcher. I just don't really think he's a starter in today's game. I don't think he has the stuff to take that next step and to be a starting pitcher in today's game. But we'll just have to see because it's going to be an interesting series. And the Nationals, the bats are going to have to wake up. And most importantly, the pitching is going to have to settle in some way, somehow. They'll have to take advantage of that this series. But thank you all for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. You can check out the Nationals playing the Marlins tonight at 640 Eastern Time as Joanna Doan versus Braxton Garrett and catch every pitch of the Nats hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Of course, it's going to be a fun one. I'll catch you guys on Monday because that is when you get your national stock report. Who's been hot and who's been not. You guys will see me then. And of course, I'll catch you on the flip side.